What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And as the new schedule uh, dropped for next year, this is the last time we'll see the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. This is going to be moved to a playoff event. It'll be the first playoff event next year. and There will only be two WGC events. Weird. Interesting. So uh, I guess... Get your cracks in here. Try to win this thing before it goes away. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through some outrights. We'll look at the tournament predictor tool where I've simulated the results of this event 1,000 times. We'll look through some head-to-head matchups, and we'll talk about one and done because one and done is coming down the stretch. Probably only a few tournaments left depending on the league that you are in. A couple of other notes. There are... Live chats this week coming out the wazoo. There is your Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time live chat, all things WGC FedEx. Uh, Questions, answers, ownership, whatever you want to do, that time is yours. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time is the Jock Market Power Hour, also Wednesday evening. The return of the cash market this week after a week off. We will take you through... All the final important moments of the IPO phase, that's where you can buy and sell shares of golfers during the event. And then we are going to do, um, it is not technically going to be a cut sweat because there is no cut this week, but we are going to do essentially a watch party. That'll be 5 p.m. Friday. 5 p.m. Eastern Friday, same place, Rick Rungood YouTube channel, where we can look at uh, the metrics, we can look ahead to the weekends, we can see how your lineups are doing. It's just a fun hang. There's no cut, but I want to do something, so join me for that. Otherwise, let's jump into this week's betting and one and done preview. All right, if you've never seen it before, this is the Tournament Predictor Tool. It is on rickrungood.com. It is uh, me simulating the event 1,000 times and passing along the results to you, and then we compare the results to the odds at each of the books, and we see if there's any value. And I got to admit, there's a lot of value this week. We don't normally see this, but what I got uh, was a pretty big win rate from Brooks Kepka, that's right. He won 12.3% of my simulations. It is a large number and it is a large gap between him and the guys in the eights and sevens because that's the next closest result. The reason for that, uh, not that I have to defend Brooks Kepka in any way winning a bunch of simulations, but if you just look at what he has done recently, uh, sixth place finish at the Open Championships, fifth at, at Travelers, fourth at the U.S. Open, Runner-up finish at the PGA Championship. <clears throat> Even throw in, you know, the the sim kind of loves to compare to the other the other work de- or the other WGCs or the other um, you know strong field events and things like that. Which is why Brooks gets such a huge boost. He finished T two at the WGC Workday as well. I, I mean, it's just it's just stellar stuff. The advanced metrics are uh, sustainable. This is. Uh, about as good of a result as you could get probably in this field. And Brooks Kepka 12.3%. When you start comparing that across the board, it even makes betting him at BetMGM, where he's only 10 to 1, a value. Uh, even better value if you can get him at DraftKings, where he's 12 to 1, or William Hill, which I think is now Caesars Sportsbook, uh, also at 12 to 1. So he is a, a straight value across the board. Not always something that we see from the guy who wins the simulation the most often. 
After that, the next tier is, is Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. A little surprised to still see Justin Thomas uh, in this position. He hasn't played particularly well, but uh, you know won the Players' Championship a couple of months ago. I'm a little bit surprised to see him continue to pop up here, uh, but he does, and he's a value across the board because he's 18-1. to 1. I'm, a, I'm a little bit, you know, this is where we have to balance just blindly following following the simulations and using a little bit of our of our gut here uh, because the the Jordan Spieth eight percent victory rate uh, feels significantly better. You know Jordan Spieth and I mentioned this on the DFS preview because and I'll mention it here again because I don't think people are really truly attributing the correct things to Jordan Spieth right now. You know, we're saying it's the approach game and he's the best approach player on tour. It's the short game magic. That is all true. But the one thing that has unlocked his ability to be great and his ability to be probably the second best player on tour in 2021 is the driver. Uh, he has now gained strokes off the tee in every single event dating back to the Players' Championship. That's nine in a row. If you look at the events Prior to that, he was a consistent loser. He lost 11 events in a row off the tee from Memorial to Waste Management. So that is really the thing that is unlocking everything else for him. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's being shared enough, so I wanted to share it again. Um, I would be happy. And, and, and remember, this is a WGC event. And if you go back and look historically at how who ends up winning WGC events, it is usually top-tier players. You know, you throw out the match play because that's a little bit wonky. But these, these four-round events, it's usually the top-tier players. So I would not mind building a card that is very top-heavy. That doesn't go down necessarily into the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, I would like to live in in kind of this upper range here. So if I was firing a very short, top-heavy card of Brooks, of Spieth, and of maybe one more guy further down the board, I would not mind that one single bit. Anecdotally, I'm I'm loving Patrick Cantlay here, uh, 28 to one at both DraftKings and BetMGM. Uh, a little bit shorter at PointsBet and William Hill. If you go up here, you can find free bets in your state. You can go to RickRunGood.com/bets uh, and shop these numbers, and you can get. I mean, they're giving away hundreds of dollars of free money uh, for for you to place these bets. So check that out. Cantlay to me, and we can pull up his profile here. Is there's a lot to like. Um, I, I showed this during the DFS preview where I pulled up how he how he plays on uh, events or courses with small greens, which is 5,000 square feet uh, on average or smaller, and he's darn near dominant in those situ- in those situations. It's actually quite impressive. Um, the other thing is, look at his recent results here. Missed the cut at the Open Championship. You can give a lot of guys a pass for that. The stretch of golf where. Uh, before that, where he went 13th, 15th, win 23rd is vintage. Can't lay. He gets on a course where, um, you know, there's small greens. He can he can lean into his strengths. He's a winner, and you can get him at 28 to 1 is is awesome. So I, I my card might consist of Brooks, Spieth, Can't lay, and let's just enjoy the week. Like that, that might be a really good card for me. If I was willing to go lower, um, Shane Lowry is 45 or 50 to one. This is also one you want to shop. Bet MGM has him at 50. He's 40 at points bet and 40 at William, William Hill. If you don't care about the 10 points, that's fine. If you do shop it, uh, has now gained strokes on approach in 10 straight. But now we're starting to get to guys that I'm not sure if they can actually win this. I do love this too. This is rare. It happens every once in a, once in a while. Xander Shoffley won less than one percent of the simulations this week. Um, you know, he kind of gets he doesn't get penalized uh, for winning last week, but he you know outside of that week, his results before that had been a lot of just kind of 
you know, top 25 finishes, nothing outlandish. And sometimes, uh, this is rare. Sometimes the, he just doesn't win the Sims. He had a, you can see he had a ton of top five finishes. This was classic. Uh, this was classic Xander, wasn't it? Have a bunch and, and Scotty Scheffler as well. Have a bunch of top fives, have a bunch of top tens, uh, but didn't win the Sim enough. Was in contention a bit, but I, I think that's I think that's funny. His, his true odds to win this are probably much closer to um, call it four percent or so, but got a little unlucky in the sim, which happens every now and then. The absolute furthest I'd probably be willing to go: um, Harris English and and Terrell Hatton. And English is again, you need to shop it because BetMGM has him at thirty three, FanDuel has him at forty five, William Hill has him at forty five. So obviously, you want the forty five number. Um, he is doing exactly what Harris English, like what vintage Harris English does, which is gain strokes across the board uh, for now three consecutive events. One of them was the victory at the Travelers. I, I mean, this is this is vintage Harris English. He's already won a tournament of champions, a small field event with. With a lot of big names at the top. This is vintage right here. Terrell Hatton, on the other hand, uh, not nearly as vintage, but this number is very, very long on him. We have not seen odds on Terrell Hatton to win an event like this in quite some time. He is a decent, a decent putter on Bermuda. He is a, an excellent approach player. He's very, very good off the tee. He's just coming off of two consecutive missed cuts at major championships. And if you forget about that, which, listen, we've seen countless times over the years, uh, not only Hatton uh, struggling at majors, uh, but also it is easy to win or excuse me, it is easy to miss the cut at a major championship. We see guys do it all the time. Uh, big name players do it all the time. So for him to miss two straight cuts at open uh, at, at majors, I'm not that worried about. Three starts ago, he finished second at the Palmetto, you know, on the PGA Tour. So it is, it, it, it's just, I think this number is too long. I'm, I'm, I'm a little less excited about it because of uh, the form, but this, this number is too long for a guy who has legitimate high-end upside. And that's probably where I'm stopping. You know, I, I there's there's arguments to be made that that you should stop your card at Sergio Garcia. There's arguments to be made that you should stop your card at I don't know Garrick Higo. I'm not necessarily as into that argument, but um, I, I will probably stop my card at at Terrell Hatton, and I will live up top, and I will hope that one of those guys uh, wins it. And historically, that is who ends up winning these WGC Stroke Play events. Hey guys, quick break. You're probably always hearing me talk about Jock Market. If you don't know what Jock Market is, it's Stock Market DFS. It is an app that allows you to use real cash to buy and sell shares of athletes. I like it for the golfers uh, throughout the course of the actual tournament. So Wednesday night is the IPO. That's why we have the uh, Jock Market Power Hour at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday evenings on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel because that's when you're bidding on shares of golfers. And if you win those bids, you get those shares and you can hold on to them until Sunday or you can sell them literally at any point as those prices go up and down. It really fills the need or the void uh, that I have as the tournament is being played in terms of a little bit of action. If you use the code Rick, you can get up to a $50 deposit bonus and I will be forever indebted to you. So make sure to download Jock Market in the Apple Store or get it on Google Play to join in on the fun. Okay, head-to-head matchups. This is um, the head-to-head matchup tool on rickrungood.com. You can put any two golfers against each other for any period of time and you can see the likelihood that one wins over another. And I'm using William Hill, aka I guess it's Caesars now, um, 
to, for these because uh, there a couple of them have really caught my eye. One is Bryson DeChambeau versus Hideki Matsuyama. And Hideki is coming back from Tokyo, of course. Uh, wow. I still have Bryson winning this 55% of the time, which would be a little bit surprising to me because Bryson hasn't been all that good. But outside of the win at the Masters for Hideki, he hasn't been all that good. The win at the Masters and then the fourth place finish at the Olympics by far the two best events that Hideki has had in the time frame that I'm running out here. So I have Bryson at minus 122. Caesars has him at minus 118. So this is probably a no bet. Let's continue on to a couple of other ones that I think are interesting. Brooks Kepka versus Justin Thomas. Uh, I assume Brooks Kepka is going to come out on top of this one. Oh, yeah, big time. This is this is what I was expecting to see. Maybe not this big because I have Brooks winning 78% of the time. That is a massive number. Um, it's probably not – that's probably not the actual – uh, win rate for for this if you were able to sim this you know a thousand times uh, this week or play it a thousand times this week but the fact that it's popping up is this strong um, is important so so Brooks winning 78% of the time means his money line should be minus 370 he is minus 137 there is no way it was ever going to be close to minus 370 so this is, has to be a Brooks bet over Justin Thomas JT uh, has struggled Brooks as as mentioned earlier has not so uh, not a not a short enough number on Kepka in this situation. A couple of other ones. This this I find incredibly interesting. And before I even plug it in, I'll try to guess it. Um, Daniel Berger, who listen dominates at Southwind. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that is a favorite and a sizable one over Rory McIlroy. Is that for real? Um, I get it. I, I think that maybe my first reaction to that is saying that Daniel Berger is getting too much of a boost of being a two-time winner at this course. Also, he finished second here last year in the WGC version. I love Daniel Berger, but I'm not sure he should be minus 137 over Rory McIlroy. Now, <laughs> I know this is this is really off the beaten path for me because I'm usually a straight data guy. There are some times like this when I'm like, is this line talking to me? Like, like the fact that you think that, or that I think that Rory should be the favorite here and Berger is a pretty significant favorite. Is this line talking to me? Is da- Should Daniel Berger actually be like minus 200? What, what does Caesars know here? Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what is their calculation? I don't know. But here's what I'm going to plug in. Or here's what I would guess. Uh, I'm going to guess Rory's going to be a favorite in this matchup when I plug this into the simulator. Since the start of 2021, Berger's been good, but and Rory's been, I think, anecdotally not as good, but I'm not sure that's that's real. All right, Rory versus Berger. Here we go. Wow. I'll tell you what. I asked what, C- what model Caesars is using. Maybe they're using rickrungood.com because I have Berger as a minus 141 favorite, and, and they have it minus 137. And Rory is a dog. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. Uh, does that mean we are not giving Daniel Berger the respect that he deserves? Also, what this really means then, if that's the case, and another way I like using this tool is for DFS purposes. Um, so I don't remember exactly what Daniel Berger's price is this week. He's probably the $9,000, but Rory's what, 10000 or 10200 So <laughs> would you have to play Berger over Rory in a lot of these situations? This is... This is surprising to me, uh, but Caesars has it one way. The model has it the same way. Wow. I'm stunned. It's a no bet. Very interesting. 
I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, let's pl- let's plug in one more. And this one's fun just because it's two guys who have had a lot of great success recently, both coming back from Tokyo. So they are on a level playing field. Um, Xander versus Colin Morikawa. And it is a straight up minus 110 each for Caesars. I have Colin Morikawa as a very significant favorite. Minus 199. He wins at 66.6% of the time, two-thirds of the time. So there we go. Uh, we can find a bet on Morikawa over Shoffley. And we can find a bet on, what was it, Brooks over JT. I believe the other two were no wagers. Okay, one and done. The run good one and done is coming down the home stretch. There are five tournaments remaining, uh, but we go through the tour championship. Yours might not. So you might only have four events remaining. Hey, you might only have two events remaining if you only go through the regular season. So certainly no time to hold back. Certainly no time uh, to waste and just go out there and, and, and run your guys out. Now, How is that going to look for this week? Well, as you can see, and as uh, Vegas would indicate, as uh, my models would also indicate, um, Daniel Berger would be the the truest of true candidates that you could have saved or that you could have plugged into this event. Two wins at TPC Southwind in full field events, a runner-up finish at this event as a WGC. Uh, Last year, he is certainly one of, if not the best options, not only for one and done this week, but if you do what I do, which is kind of start earmarking guys uh, before the year starts, you would have put Daniel Berger here at TPC Southwind, just like you would have probably put Webb Simpson for Wyndham next week, just like you would have put, um, you know, maybe you could have put Hideki at Phoenix, or maybe you could have put uh, Rory for Eastlake at the tour championship or, you know, things like that. Right. I mean, it's just the very handful of guys that have elite course history, elite event history, Daniel Berger, uh, certainly that guy. Now it's probably safe to assume that you don't have Kepka available, Morikawa available, DJ available, that you don't have these guys available. If you do play them, you're, you're running out of time. You're running out of studs. The one interesting guy, and I was crunching the numbers on this, the one interesting guy that is still readily available for the year that he's having is Louis Oosthuizen, who continues to pile up cash. He has now three top three finishes in a row, four top threes in his last five, five top threes in his last seven. Worst finish in there is a top 20. He's probably the third or fourth best player on tour this year. Like if you were doing the MVP, the player of the year voting, he's got to be like the third player. Maybe Rom, maybe Spieth, and then Louie. He's been that good. Doesn't have a win to show for it, but he's been that good. Uh, And he is the one guy that you probably have available or you could have available. He is just the underused guy in this range. Now, the other one um, that you might have, and this is a bit of a flyer, is Webb. Now, you might not have Webb because you might have rolled him out already or you're maybe you're saving him for Wyndham, uh, but a lot of his other good spots are like RSM, which is a, a swing season event, which is not usually um, uh, not usually in these one-and-done leagues. So uh, Webb on Bermuda is great. Webb getting healthier makes a lot more sense. Webb on a course with small greens that has you know, um, 
the 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 ability to let him lean into its strengths. These are all very good things for Webb Simpson. So I wouldn't mind taking a flyer there. But if you're if you're a lot more desperate, I think you have to kind of pick your pick your choices here because you don't want to go too far. You know, uh, Harris English, Terrell Hatton, all great. Mentioned those guys already. The other one would be Shane Lowry. I didn't pull up his player card earlier. There's a chance you have Shane Lowry left, right? There's not a lot of incentive to play Shane Lowry at a lot of different places, but played well well enough in Tokyo last week, finished 12th at the Open Championship, but I'm more excited about this stretch of golf. 10 consecutive events, he's gained strokes on approach. That, that to me, is incredibly valuable, and if you have not used Shane Lowry yet, I do not think this is a bad time to run him out. Okay. That'll do it. We are coming down the home stretch of the season, and then we are going to kick... I, I'm so stoked to get the schedule release. I'm so, That's like Christmas Day for me. Uh, I can plan everything. I can see uh, my my wife is happy because we can plan a vacation finally. Like it is, it is all good. I'm so excited. We're not gonna have much time off. We're coming down the stretch. Then we're gonna kick it off right again. It's gonna be awesome. Let me know who you're going with in one and done this week. At Rick Rungood, you can tweet me or leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.